talking to a medium named Sarah. Besides mediumship, Sarah is a published writer. Her works include the Hushed Up History website, as well as contributions to the Feminine Macabre series of books containing short stories of the strange and unusual. She herself is strange and unusual. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, Her Zoom is kind of old. Uh, Let's see if we could do this. This is a, this is gonna take a group effort. What I need is to have everybody take a deep breath and relax, clear your mind. I've turned the lights down and lit a candle. Close our eyes and focus on summoning Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Can you hear me? Sarah, are you there? Sarah, if you can hear me, talk to me. Hmm. Well, that's all you're supposed to do. What? I'm not sure. Hello? No? Nothing? Man, we should try our cell phone. God, there's something in my throat. The fuck? Sorry, are you there? <coughs> Hello. Oh, it worked. It did work. Oh. Hey. Cool. Hey, how you Here? doing? We're good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm interested in hearing about what you've been up to in like the last 10 years. You know, we, we've been friends for a long time, but we, you know, we're, we don't really talk to each other much. Except for like, <laughs> except for like a week ago when we tried to do this the first time and had some technical problems. <laughs> yeah. This, this version is much better. Awesome. Yeah. So... You hear the dead. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, how long have you been hearing the dead? Has it been since you're like a kid or a like teenager? Um, I, from as early as I can remember, there's always been some inclination to hear things or have faces or names or things like that kind of pop into your into my head. But when you're that young, yeah. you don't think it's something weird. 
Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, just, oh, whatever. You probably thought and, it was normal. Yeah, you know, there's nothing to really compare it to. But at the same time, if you were, or like, I didn't say anything to anybody because, you know, I just figured, whatever, everybody does this. Everybody has this happen to them. And if you did when you were that young, nine times out of ten, it's, oh, you're just imagining that. How right. creative. You're so imaginative. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't really say much because I think if I had heard that enough, I, I wouldn't still have that or at least not as much as I have and do. Yeah, you, um, you could have just completely bought into that and stifled it. And never. Exactly. Right. But yeah, no, it's um, it's something that I've only recently learned or I'm learning how to focus uh, right. to a much more refined <laughs> kind of version of it. But yeah, as long as I can remember, I've just had faces, names, uh, phrases, scenarios uh, just pop into my head so, completely yeah. out Des of nowhere. Describe that. Is there any warning? Like, do you hear an instant messenger door open? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. If I could, like, customize it, like, way back when, the AOL days of... <laughs> you can make it a seagull. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so so when it, when it happens, what are you doing? Is it are you focused on it or are you busy doing other things? Is your mind kind of just going about normal business? Um definitely now it's a lot clearer and stronger if I'm just kind of relaxed or like on autopilot. Yeah. Um it still does happen when I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot more uh murky. Mm -hmm. I hear when that. I'm super focused on it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's typically very, very abrupt. And the best way that I can describe it is if you were going about your day, you know, just doing whatever, errands or whatever, and you suddenly remember something that you were supposed to do. Oh. And it's just like, oh, it's that level of like sudden. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like there it is. Do you, do you get the feeling like it's invasive or do you welcome it? I can totally understand why some people would feel that's invasive. Yeah. I personally welcome it. Cool. Yeah. So you have no control over it, though? Um, I mean, I do know how to completely shut it out <laughs> if oh, okay. I want to. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that helps. So, that, yeah, you have some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some sense of control. It's not just totally random. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, I'm I'm pretty open to uh it's mostly like maybe if I'm like trying to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> then I might have to be like, all right, we're done here for now. Like <laughs> I gotta get up early. Everybody quiet. <laughs> so do do any of these contacts call it, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Do any of them invoke any like personal emotional responses or are they all kind of just on a spectrum of nothing personal um i mean it, it always i always get a sense of as far as like do they make me feel something sometimes sometimes you will feel sadness anger um something like that for the most part for me though it I don't know, maybe this is by another part of my brain at the same time. I always just get this sense of, like, wonder about it. Mm. Just, like, a very, 
um, conscious understanding of, okay, that's, that's not from me. Yeah. And that's amazing. So when you, <laughs> yeah. So when you know, it's not from you, how much of like a personality will come through? Sometimes it's, it's pretty strong. Other times it's uh, just a quick, it, a lot of times it's just um, like watching a real quick clip of a movie. Yeah. Or like flipping through photos a lot of times. So it, it's very quick or like a couple phrases. Um, but you, you do have a response to it, definitely. Now, I know personally that one of these things happened kind of through me. I was like a middleman from you to my cousin. Yes. And it was resolved. It's like, okay, that made sense, and that's what it meant. And mm -hmm. the person on the other side got the message, was touched, and uh, you could kind of like cross that one off the list. How, <laughs> how often does that happen? Or is it like wildly frustrating that you're just hearing things and then it, it doesn't resolve? Um, I have a lot more confirmation of things now just because i am more vocal about it mm. now um previously it wasn't frustrating but it, it was just like oh okay that that happens and uh yeah anyway but now i'm i'm much more open to um like for example uh driving up to my mother's one day um just in the car out of nowhere you know, picture, picture, face, face, name, name, blah, blah, blah. Now I, now that I'm much more open about it, I, I just texted her. And she's, at this point, she's used to it, but she's also like, oh, God, every time I'm like, hey, who's Lorraine? <laughs> oh, so it was, it was directed, like, at her? Yes. Oh, and I... it turns out it was a cousin of hers who had recently died, a whole bunch of points hit. Um, So it, it's definitely much it's definitely much easier and also much more just encouraging to be able to be like hey listen do you know this does this make sense huh. you know otherwise you're just kind of wondering yeah and I was floating picturing you on the highway like surrounded by like a ton of you know other motorists mm -hmm. and just getting like airdropped dick pics randomly <laughs> <laughs> but it's it has this. <laughs> it has it has direction though. Like it's do you think it's it's not just random that something is seeking you out? I I personally feel that um I'm one of these people that thinks that everybody has this ability. Agreed. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of people get it kind of uh squashed out of them. Yeah. When they you hear so many stories about like little kids who know right. things. And right. like like I said, it's it's a lot of, oh, you're just I think a lot of people suppress it or they're told it's so young that it's not a real thing. Um, but I do believe that anybody who does have and there's so many different variations on this, but I do believe that spirit can tell if somebody is receptive or able. And I feel like they do seek people out because they want if if they're trying to seek somebody out, they have something to say and they want to be heard. Yeah. So they're going to go to where they have the highest chance of yeah, being the heard. Probability. Of, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it is a two-way street. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I I uh, tend to agree. Um, little kids seem to have this innate ability, mm-hmm. and they forget about it unless, you know, they have a parent or somebody around them that, like, encourages them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I spoke... You, you have... How many kids have imaginary friends or who, you know, say they see somebody in a room? That's not something that's really taught to you as a kid to have an imaginary friend. But so many of them do. It's just one one of those things. <laughs> yeah. I um I spoke with a remote viewer one time. Ooh. Um, nice. Yeah, totally blanking on her name right now. But um she could pretty much size you up and figure out if you have like a medical condition. Okay. She sees it. And uh, she said that as a young girl, her uh, grandmother um, from Ireland, uh, that was like a normal part of her day. It was a normal activity. Wow. To remote view, you know, from a young age. So, to her, it's totally normal, and she has an entire lifetime of practice yeah. in it, and she's really good. I she has something like a fifty or sixty percent uh, hit rate, like oh, seeing, like awesome. seeing, yeah, seeing what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that just shows like the time. Yeah, I again, I I go back to how I I said I really do firmly believe this is something we all have the ability to do. It's like anything else. It's it's time, time and putting the energy towards it and wanting yeah. to do it. Some people don't, and that's totally fine. <laughs> oh, here's a question. Just totally, I'm totally ignorant to tarot cards, mm-hmm. and I know um, recently you've gotten into them. Yes. Is that something that is feeding off of? some type of the same psychic spring that you're being you're bringing to the table does it matter well you there's a bunch of different ways to use tarot and there are people who will say they are intuitive tarot readers there are some people who just purely go off of this is what this card means here you go yeah and but there are others who the tarot is a tool that kind of helps them intuitively look and be able to understand what might be going on with whoever they're reading for or answers to their questions yeah now i would think that's a like kind of a super personal thing to do a one-on-one it is tarot reader. <laughs> yeah um, yeah it, it, there's a lot of uh trust on yeah. on both sides that's for great. that what 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 type of experiences have you had uh with, with tarot with or tarot, with tarot just being you know a one-on-one reading um where it really hit oh um i've had i've had some very very specific <laughs> uh readings with, with tarot um it's hard to come up with a, like one right off the top of my head. Yeah, but and one don't, where... yeah, you don't like details, you know, blow up anybody's. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, but I've had uh, I've had very, very specific ones of, you know, tarot, it's, you can tell a lot about um, situations that have happened or scenarios. Okay. And the way they're laid out, um, like past, present, future. Yeah. And I've had people I'll be like, look, this is, these are all the cards that are in the past, this, 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 and this. And they, or, and I, 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 fortunately, I've had a lot of people who, won't really tell me until the end <laughs> okay yeah they're like feeling you out yeah yeah, yeah it's like I've, a, I've had yeah. people you know at the end just be like i just need you to understand <laughs> there's no way you could have known what my last six le- uh six months of my life have been wow and that's it spot on that's cool so like they're going through the whole deal they're like okay but like poker face oh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I do. I mean, I do Zoom readings, but I also do email readings. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the email readings, it's just me sending, I, you know, I pull cards and I send them a hugely long typed out document <laughs> with pictures of each card. And I've gotten really good feedback from that, too. Um, sometimes people are hesitant because they feel like, well, how are you supposed to read me? We have to be in person, right? I'm like, well, that's, you know, it's up to you. Um but I've been very, very happy to see that the email readings too, never having seen somebody face to face, I've still had a lot of success with that too. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Does it, does it like take a lot out of you? you does it, it, is it, there, does it take okay. like emotional capital away from you? Does it? It does. It, it does take a lot of bandwidth out of you because you are, you are focusing a lot um you know when you're doing like the thing that i practice the most on with mediumship i i I learned mostly by doing um reads on photos uh, which if i think about it now it's kind of like tarot in a way (laughs) but you know you you are focusing on this image and getting whatever information you can out of it um i know there are people who can do it very quickly i'll just oh yeah blah 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 um but yeah it, it can definitely take a toll on you yeah so how does that work somebody just gives you a picture of like uh easter 1982 yeah so uh the the big the biggest thing that i practiced on and also the thing that really solidified it in my head of oh no this is this is something this is this is legit um, way back when, when I first started kind of exploring this, I belonged to a group online that was dedicated specifically to people learning this type of thing, figuring out your abilities, how to work with them, things like that. And one of the things they would do was they would post photographs of family members, friends, whoever. And it was a very judgment free. We're all here to learn. Just write whatever you get. And it was really cool because everybody was very supportive. You know, if you got every single thing wrong, there was never like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. It was very just like, awesome. That was a lot of detail. Unfortunately, that's not for me, but you know, good on you. Um, So that's where I first started kind of practicing this. Whereas I would look at photos and I would just write out or type out a note on my phone of whatever I got from these pictures. And then I would respond. And that's where I started getting a lot of feedback because I found that 
a lot of the information that I got for these pictures was, so that's the other thing. I, I'm very into the details of it. You know, I, I'm not a huge, for myself personally, I'm not somebody who likes to type something like, oh, grandma liked to bake. Like, yeah. I mean, how many, how many, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was getting very, very specific things. And that was coming back with people saying, no, that was spot on. And it, it takes you back at first. I mean, you, you want that accuracy. You want somebody to be like, yeah, you got it right. But when you do in the beginning, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Kind of freaks out a little bit. Yeah. Like, okay, this is legit. And I mean, I, I was getting things like um, describing things like, okay, uh, you know, something related to this guy, there's something, there's a big, there's a giant red ribbon, like how you would see on a car commercial during Christmas. Yeah. And I, I get that whole giving the gift of a car, but it's not a car. Car, but not a car. Giant red ribbon Christmas. And this person came back and she's like, you know, we, uh, we pulled a prank on this family member one year giant red bow on a box made him think it was a car it wasn't a car it was a lab puppy that we named chevy oh wow like that type of thing yeah yeah that's awesome <laughs> or uh there was one time and the thing is the thing that they really emphasize in this group and anybody i've ever talked to who kind of encourages people to do this you might get something that sounds so completely ridiculous and so outlandish that you don't want to say it. Yeah. You just throw it. it out there. <laughs> throw it out there. I, right? I did a, a recent one where uh, I was like, look, I don't know what this means. I'm going to say it. I'm just putting it out there. Um, there's something about somebody or two people had asthma, but there's something about the inhalers being wrapped and hidden and thrown in a garbage can. Okay. And the person came back and was like, uh, yeah, that is my brother and my nephew. They both have asthma. They obviously don't enjoy it. But my nephew, it's a family joke about how one time he took the inhalers, wrapped them in toilet paper, and threw them in the garbage to try to get rid of them. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, so, I yeah. think it's really, really important um, to be as specific as you can. And really just and give it a shot. Yeah. Even if you get something just, that sounds. Yeah. Literally <clears throat> just deliver. Yeah. What you see. Yeah. As weird as it sounds, as nonsensical as it might sound. It hits. Just say it. Yeah. Just say it. So related to my question asking about how does it, you know, take it out of you. Mm -hmm. You're also now involved with meditation and, and teaching meditation. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's another thing that I have no idea about. Um, not because I haven't thought about it or tried, but uh -huh. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Okay. I'm, a, I'm totally afraid to get to that relaxed place. Mm -hmm. um, See where your mind I goes? See, yeah. And, and I'm yeah. afraid of who's going to come in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, it could be any kind of, like, you know, non-human entity. Yeah. Um, dead relatives. I mean, I know they're there. Right. I know they're there. I'm just, uh, 
I can't in my day to day. I just can't deal with that shit right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like some someday. That's totally. I mean, that's a totally understandable thing, though. Yeah. I mean, you say it like, yeah. There's people talking to me all the time. It's like, yeah, that sounds intrusive as hell. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like my like with with my experiences, like I know that I have these guardians around. Yes. I've, I've seen firsthand what they do. Right. Um, I can feel their presence. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's the same exact feeling as when I know that ETs are somewhere nearby. Right. So, right. so you just, have that response. It's, yeah. And... It's just, it's, it's one alarm sound and that's it. So right. I've talked to other people and, you know, you can get to a point where you can figure that out with meditation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> meditation. Can, but if you don't want to. Yeah. I just, I just see it as, uh, you know. <laughs> It's like uh, the harmonica. I'm going to learn it one day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, if and, if and when you ever want to, by all means, <laughs> oh, <laughs> let thank me know. You. <laughs> I don't know if you really want to deal with the fallout from that, though. No, we're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Known each other a long time. We're. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy uh, long. We've, we've known each other since art class in high school. Yeah. Yeah, when you uh, pointed across the room and we had never met each other and you just went, you, come here. And then I sat with you guys every yes. art class. <laughs> I summoned I summoned all of the black. Anybody <laughs> just wearing all black. Room. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are a tribe. <laughs> Our own little exile island. Yeah. The art room. What kind of music do you listen to? Do you no. like Tim Burton? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> You have been accepted. Yes. Then it turns into that scene from scene from Freaks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, enough of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I want to hit real quick yeah. on the stuff that you're doing with writing. Yes. So you're into historically odd tales. Yes. And you've had uh, you've had this website for some time now. I have. How this long? has been uh, going on nine years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sarah's website is called Hushed Up History. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, Hushed Up History. I I mean, I've always really loved history. Um, mm-hmm. but I I've always kind of always you know gravitated towards those things that don't show up in your textbooks necessarily. Uh, I mean, everybody loves good stories and that's what a lot of these are is, is history is a bunch of crazy stories. Um, and I was writing for another website at one point um, and I was giving them, they, you know, they loved what I was sending them. I, I kept giving them more ideas. And at one point they were like, we really, really love what you're giving us, but we can't use it. And the reason that we can't use it is because it's not tied to a specific location or like monument that people can go visit. And while I totally understood that at Mm. the same time, I was like, oh, no, Mm. no, no. This is way too cool (laughs) for me to not tell people this. (laughs) Those playing along at home can probably tell what website that was. (laughs) 
I mean, listen, it's, yeah, I, I it's totally still a website, but you, yeah, but you've kind of you've carved out a different niche. Yeah, it was right then and there. Like I, I remember the moment so clearly where I was like, mm -hmm. "Well, I'm just gonna do it myself then." Yeah. And which at the time, not so much now, but at the time, was such a weird thing for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. be like well i'm just gonna do it then yeah. um but yeah so that that's how it started um I like it. and it's, it's um, been going it's been going ever since <laughs> do you want to um do you have a do you have a story you want to give uh everybody a little taste oh sure if you'd like a story i can definitely give you a story yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right um i'll give you a little heartbeat sound effect oh okay now we know it's now we know it's scary. Now we know it's weird. <laughs> All right. Um. So I'll, I'll read you. Uh, I'll read you a little creeper from a couple years ago. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's go. Ahem. It was June eleventh. 1876, and the maids inside the Lair House Hotel of Lafayette, Indiana, were trying to get the rooms ready for their new round of patrons. One room was presenting a problem, though, number 41, and maid Bridget Clogan was losing her patience with trying to get into it. Finally, by 5 p.m. that evening, she had had enough. She unlocked the room 40 next door and used an adjacent door to finally get into room 41. She walked in and screamed and screamed and screamed. On the previous afternoon of June 10th, 37-year-old Civil War veteran James Moon bid farewell to his family and departed his home in Union Township, Indiana, headed towards Lafayette with his horse and carriage. He would not arrive in, arrive in town empty-handed. He brought with him a large trunk filled with planks of wood, leather straps, screws, dowels, and an assortment of other items that would accompany an inventor of the likes of which Moon claimed to be at the Lafayette Hotel. He requested a quiet room, and when the clerk showed him a 12 by 14 foot furnished space on the third floor, Moon immediately nodded his approval. He locked the room behind him as he left. He needed to go buy some more supplies. At the hardware store near the Lair House, Moon picked up a 12 inch long axe head and hauled it four blocks to the Thomas Harding and Sons foundry, where he selected two heavy iron plates and asked the employees to connect them with his axe head. When asked what it was for, he told them he needed the mounted blade for an invention he was working on to make fruit baskets. Satisfied with that explanation, the foundry's workmanship and, and the foundry's workmanship, he took a he the heavy piece back to the hotel where he asked two porters to drag the heavy trunk of supplies up to his room. He urged them to be careful. The contents were all the pieces and equipment he needed for his, quote, important invention to be patented. With his supplies bought and the trunk placed precisely where he instructed inside his room, Moon decided it was time to take in some of the nightlife of Lafayette. After visiting a barber for a shave, Moon met some of his friends from his Civil War days and they enjoyed an evening of dinner, drinks, and memories. After bidding the group farewell, he returned to the Lair House, ascended the steps, and closed the door to room 41 behind him. The next person to set their eyes on James Moon was the maid, but she didn't know it was him. All she saw was the blood. When Moon entered his room that night of June 10th, the last thing on his mind was getting a good night's sleep or plans for the next morning. He unpacked his trunk, unwrapped his purchases from the hardware store and the foundry, and began working on his invention. He fastened the boards together to form a seven-foot beam, which he then attached to cross pieces with heavy iron door hinges, securely screwing them down to the floor. 
The other end of the beam raised upward six feet into the heavy air of the hotel room, secured in its upward position by a cord that ran from the beam to a hook in a nearby wall. On the same side of the room where the cord met the wall, a shelf was fixed with a candlestick sitting on top. On the floor, Moon meticulously stood a soapbox that he then bolted down along with leather straps. A dowel was screwed from one open side of the box to another. Eventually, he looked at the scene he had created and nodded in approval of the room for the second time. He lit the candle, laid down on the floor, strapped his own torso and legs down with a leather strap. He put his head inside the soapbox and rested his chin on the dowel. The candle burned through the cord, dropping the suspended end of the beam downward. On the end of that suspended beam was the iron plate and the axe. It only took seconds for the blade to come down and sever Moon's head. His self-built guillotine had worked perfectly. When a salesman from Cincinnati and a Lafayette businessman heard the woman screaming, they ran down the hall and found Bridget in an absolute bloodbath in room 41. When the authorities arrived on the scene, the gruesome intricacies of Moon's suicide by guillotine began to reveal themselves. His measurements were impeccable, and the entire device was held together by screws that could only be used silently in the night, unlike banging of a hammer. He had filled the soapbox with chloroform-soaked cotton, that was sure to knock him unconscious before the candle burned through the cord, releasing the axe blade onto his throat. The towel in the box was positioned to hold his head in place for the blade, even after he fell out of consciousness. The scene was studied for two days, but despite the clarity of Moon's plan, his motive remained unknown. His family could only recall him vowing to someday do something that would cause people to talk about me. Moon's death was declared a suicide, and he was buried at the Farmers Institute Cemetery, located only a mile from his home. Today, the former Lair House still stands in Lafayette, Indiana, has been and has been converted into an apartment building. Ta-da! <laughs> That's sick. Brutal. Mr. Moon and his terrible machine. It was so well thought out. He was so considerate. To yeah. Not, not bang nails. <laughs> he planned that. For a long time. I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta guess... wonder if he had been to that hotel before and like knew that he could do that. Or if he just had a rough idea, like I need a space about this big. Wow. But... I I feel like we should just we should just say that help is available. Nine eight eight suicide and crisis lifeline is the number just dial 988 the 988 suicide and crisis lifeline is united states based suicide prevention network with over 200 plus crisis centers that provides 24 7 service via toll-free hotline with the number 988 it's available to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress jesus christ he built i see that was going i thought that was going in a totally different direction like Mm -hmm. i thought he had like a like a Fifty Shades of Grey kink or something. All right. <laughs> but, uh, I should have suspected <laughs> that this was the outcome. Could you though? I well, if I know it's if I know so right. Not every story on Hushed Up History is gory. No, no, but we. They're, I, but they're all interesting like that. I I very very deliberately I put a lot of effort into every story that goes on to Hushed to have a very, very wide variety of stories. Awesome. Um, from 
just funny to tragic from all over the world, any country, any time period. That's something I really, really strive for because I mean, these stories, they're, they're definitely not to one people, one country, one <laughs> yeah. timeline. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that one kept me guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the one that I published or put up online right before that was, uh, how the Gemini three astronauts brought a sandwich into space. Like <laughs> okay. they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Just not the, the, how the Gemini one crew brought anything into space. <laughs> uh, thinking about the feminine macabre series. Yes. How many of those have come out? How many of those have you contributed to? Um, four are currently out. The wow. fifth one is coming out um, shortly, within the next couple months. I am in all five. Oh, cool. Yeah, with stories that are are hushed up history stories, hundred percent. But they they are exclusively for those volumes. They do not appear on the website. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I only have the first two. Hmm? <laughs> I'll have to get the other ones, but. <laughs> What, explain those, because it's a collection, you, you go ahead. <laughs> so, a couple of years ago, um, Amanda Warmer uh, of SpookEats.com had an idea, and it was a great idea, about having a paranormal journal filled with materials um, written by women in the paranormal. Um, she was very aware that that is a perspective that tends to be lacking um, in a lot of the mainstream paranormal media, the, the shows, you know, on TV, et cetera. Yeah. And she wanted to have a series that highlighted that perspective, those stories. Um, I happened to hear about it, submitted something, and uh, been submitting every time. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since. <laughs> yeah, and they're, and they're great. It's, uh, you know, yeah. short stories. And yeah, and I mean, the material in there, I mean, you got everything. You got history, uh, paranormal experiences, cryptids, folklore, witchcraft. It's it's a really wide yeah. variety. They're, yeah, they're really cool to, 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 you know, pick up every now and then and mm -hmm. just find a story. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really cool. Um, I was thinking today and remembered. your connections to Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. Right. So you and I grew up in New Jersey. Yes. Um, we, we, we may have even watched the crucible together in uh, English class. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stopped there. <laughs> so you uh, developed this fascination with Salem. I did. <laughs> um you started heading up there yeah i i didn't i i was fascinated by the salem witch trials at a really early age and i think it literally started because i was a little kid i think it literally started with something as simple as oh look how many of them are named sarah neat <laughs> <laughs> every time i and, went to a 7-eleven um... and saw slim jims I was like, yeah. oh, cool. 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 I'm going to go to another 7-Eleven. <laughs> You're here, too. Oh. 
<laughs> um, and uh, I think also for me, it was because my my whole family um, is from Massachusetts. I am the only one <laughs> that was born in New Jersey. Um, and I mean, my, my father's family came over like in the 1600s and they stayed there. Yeah. You know, my mother's family came over in like you know the 1920s but it was that connection of oh hey there's a bunch of sarahs and it was you know it was not far from where like grammy is and wow cool um so I, I got you know some books about it i still have the first book i was given about it from my parents like and the inscript they wrote on the inside uh you know, happy 12th birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're very much into it. Um, but I actually didn't get to Salem for the first time until about eight years ago. Hmm. Um, I so clearly remember, because we would go to Massachusetts all the time to see my family. And I so clearly remember being a little kid and being like, I want to go to Salem. And them just being like, no, <laughs> yeah. we're not going there. Yeah, we just drove five hours. Yeah. We're not, exactly. not, not do another there. two. <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, but it was it was it was a very layered, strange experience because we finally got to Salem. Finally got to Salem. And now, when you it, got to Salem, did you already yeah. kind of know what you were getting into? Like, what was there? Like, did you recognize things just from reading or seeing some um, media? Or were you it just was, dropped in, into the strange place? And I knew, like, the names. I knew what had happened. I knew the events. Um, but when I first got this, the first time I ever got to Salem, it was a very strange experience. And I, I still have a hard time putting words to it. Um, we, Jay and I, my boyfriend Jay and I got there. Tall drink of water. We, <laughs> drink the water um, we we got there we parked in the parking deck on congress street and it's so clear i got out of that car and before the door was shut there was an instant feeling of just oh okay i'm i'm supposed to be here Oh uh, yeah, when you know, you know. It's yeah, yeah. And it, it's funny because I, I mean, you know, born and raised in New Jersey. You know, yeah, I'm probably gonna get some, some flack about this, but whatever. I've never been a huge fan of New Jersey. Um, I never really felt oh. like I was in the right place. I never felt like this is home to me. How um, dare for many you. years. For many, many years, I felt way more home at home going into Manhattan or mm. uh, specifically like, you know, Greenwich Village in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but this was such an immediate. Like something clicked into place and I have never felt more attached to a place. I have never felt more connected just it's such a strange feeling it's so hard to describe but every time i go there i go there as often as i possibly can um but every time i go there it's like you finally get to exhale after holding your breath that's great that, that's gotta be it, great oh it's just it's so hard to describe <laughs> yeah 
especially I know if you've been on the turnpike in know, New Jersey. What's that? Especially if you've been on the turnpike in New Jersey. Hold your breath. Oh, yeah. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> um, so you, you, do, you do have a connection there. Like, I do. Your lineage. Um, I didn't learn about that until two or three years after my first visit there. Um, I'm a big genealogy nut. Uh, my my grandmother uh, was very big into the family history. I still have the old like typed up pages that she gave me when I was a little kid. That's and I, I mean, I remember pouring over these names. And I mean, this was way before like ancestry or anything like that was really big. And I just remember pouring over these names and just being fascinated. So that was the, my genealogy beginning. I think, you know, ancestry comes out 23 and me, all these things. And I was, I was all about it. I've, I've belonged to that website for way too long. And, <laughs> yeah. and it was just one of those, one of those nights where I was just pouring along on the family tree and digging around and got to the point where it was the 1600s in Massachusetts. That's, yeah, that's so cool that your family had been in that area long enough. Oh, God. Yeah. They, they showed up and they never left. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the, the family, I think the last member of my family to live in that, like, the county, the town, the region where, like, they had grown up forever. I mean, they only left a couple of years ago. And they had been there six, since the 1600s. Wow. Obviously not the same house or anything, but that same region right there. Um, yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's a unique for Americans. Like, you know, like, yeah, we don't really do that. No, they, they just they stuck around. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was just a, a normal night, just sitting in front of the TV, looking up stuff on, on the genealogy. And, uh, I stumbled across, oh, where, oh, look, there's a, there's a Salem connection. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> and I kept digging and digging a little more. And, and then I started finding names that I knew. And then I started finding some of the big names. And it, it, I mean, it shook me a little bit, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, because I think if you read about at... it for so long and having been into it for so long and then, and then you see it and there it is and you find out you're connected to it. Yeah. It definitely changed my visits since then. <laughs> I think if you're looking at your your family tree and the genealogy, you're looking at all these names mm -hmm. and like your your brain just puts faces you wonder like what was this person about? Um, yeah. You like see how long they lived, when they died. You kind of imagine a life. But then when you see a name you know, you read in middle school or high school. Yeah. And it's that common of a thing. That's then, you know, then, you know, you sort of know that person. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange feeling. <laughs> and I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon, but by any stretch of the imagination, I mean, it, people dig into their family trees all the time and, and find people that are like, Oh, really? But I think, it was so strange for me because this was such a, a small piece of history that I was so attached to and had no idea. 
Yeah, it's 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 cool. I mean, you say that like oh, everybody's related to somebody from back in the day because that's how um, uh, generations work. But that's it's it's pretty cool. I think if they look back far enough in my it, it's just a succession of men who fell off dams from drinking or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or died building a dam, right? Oh. Well, Sarah, I got to say, we're out of time, but this was great. We we this should. Great. I know we should hang out not on a podcast. That would be right? awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> next time, next time you come up to Salem. Yes. Um, I'll meet you at. Oh, see, I right there. I thought it was going to be cool and like throw out a <laughs> the restaurant <laughs> that I went to. I don't know. Yeah. You could have just been like, you know, that place with the really good this, and I would have played along and yeah. been like, oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. You got yeah. it. <laughs> By the cemetery, wink, wink. Got it. Yep. I know what you mean. Yep. <laughs> By the crystal place. You know that one? <laughs> that one. Yeah. All right. See you later. See you later. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. For more sour, go to hushedupHistory.com, a place for history's discarded pages. Find your personalized tower reading at Twin Crows Tarot on Facebook and Instagram, or email Twin Crows Tarot at gmail.com.